Welcome to Bill's Poetique. This is your life. Oh my god, you guys, no way, oh my god. How's it going? So my name is Bill Watkins, this is Bill's Poetique, and cue the music. Now we already did that. Um, so, nice to see everyone. There's no one there. Um, poetry is something I love. I started this podcast to uh, express that passion. And I'm excited about uh, having some guests come in uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, a friend of mine, Oscar, from Guadalajara, Mexico, has agreed to be on the show next week. We'll be doing some poems in Spanish, translating to English. He's going to hopefully help me with, with that. On December 7, I have Sarah Tolchin, uh, Irish poet. Very excited to have her on. I'll do a, one of her poems tonight um, from a book of hers that I have. I'll do some Ella Wheeler Wilcox again, like last week and last couple weeks. Uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow will pitch in. Robert Frost will pitch something in here. Andrew Young, to me, the Scottish Robert Frost. I will say something from his collection, Winter Harvest. And um, something from another Scottish poet, John Ferguson, from On Vimy Ridge. Um, on the docket one poem from myself instead of like 50 like last week I, I don't it was just that was kind of a wild two hours of a podcast that very few people listen to I'm just going to put it behind me and um, move along um, so how was your week anyways I'm going to start with Andrew Young, Scottish, from 1933, this one called The Lane. Years and years, and man's thoughtful foot, drip and guttering rains and mute, shrinkage of snows, and shaggy-hoofed horse have sunk this lane, tree-roofed, now patched with blossoming elder, wayfaring tree and gelder, Lane that eases the sharp, scarped hill, winding the slope with leisurely will. Foot of Briton, formal Roman, Saxon and Dane and Sussex yeoman, have delved it deep as riverbed, till I walk wading to my head, in air so close and hot, and by the wind forgot, it seems to me that in this place the earth is breathing on my face. Here I loiter, a lost hour, listen to bird, look on a flower. What will be left when I am gone? A trodden root, a loosened stone, and by the blackthorn caught some gossamery thought of thankfulness to those dead bones that knit hills closer than loose stones. From Ellen Ella Wheeler Wilcox, around the turn of the century, last century. Um, see how you like this. I've worked, been working on it 
feel like there was an event she's chronicling that was a real event. Um, in fact, I might look into that real quick. Just going to go for Just say the poem here. See how you like it. It's called Grief. As the funeral train with its honored dead on its mournful way went sweeping, while a sorrowful, sorrowful nation bowed its head and the whole world joined in weeping, I thought as I looked on the solemn sight of the, of the one fond heart despairing, and I said to myself, as in truth I might, how sad must be this sharing, to share the living with even fame. For a heart that is only human is hard when glory asserts her claim like a bold, insistent woman, yet a great, grand passion can put aside or stay each selfish, selfish emotion and watch with a pleasure that springs from pride its rival, the world's devotion. But death should render to love its own, and my heart bowed down and sorrowed for the stricken woman who, who wept alone, while even her dead was borrowed borrowed from her the bride the wife for the world's last martial honor as she sat in the gloom of her darkened life with her widow's grief fresh upon her he had shed the glory of love and fame in a golden halo about her she had shared his triumphs and and worn his name but alas he had died without her he had wandered in many a distant realm and never had left her behind him, but now, with a spectral shape at the helm, he had sailed where she could not find him. It was, a th it was only a thought that came that day in the midst of the muffled drumming and funeral music and sad display that I knew was right and becoming. Only a thought as the morning train moved, column after column, bearing the dead to the bur burial plain, with a reverence grand as solemn. From Poems of Power by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. I feel like there was a real event here. Someone that died, a politician, a famous person. And uh, she watched this event happen and saw one sad person mourning, sharing that moment with the world sharing the death, sharing the, this fame, dealing with the fame part of the death. It was interesting. I first at first passed on it to share with, with folks tonight. Um, thought there be, could be something more fun that she wrote. And I did find something that I liked. But I didn't want to X out a poem just because I wasn't well, I don't know, sure about it, or it's Ella Wheeler Wilcox. I mean, the way she crafts these lines, it's just worth saying it. It almost, it just almost doesn't matter what she says. This is the other poem I saw from Ella Wheeler Wilcox. I'll just share this too. It's called Love is All. Let labor boldly walk abroad and take its place with kings. For who has labored more than God, the maker of all things? Oops. The time has come, I, 
even now it is, to rank that parable in, in Genesis of God's great curse of labor placed on man with other fa fairy tales. Why, he began all work himself, capital H's, G-O-D we're talking about here. He was so full of force, he flung the solar systems on their course and builded wor worlds on worlds. And not content, he labors still. When mighty suns are spent, he forges on his white-hot anvil, space, new stars to tell his glory and his grace. <laughs> Who most achieves is most like God, I hold. The idler is the black sheep in the fold. Not for the hardened toiler with the hoe, my tears of sorrow and compassion flow. Though he be dull, unlettered and not fair to look upon, though he is bowed with care, yet in his heart, if dear love fold its wings, he stands a monarch over unloved kings. One sorrow only in God's world has birth to live unloving and unloved on earth. One joy alone makes life a part of heaven, the joy of happy love received and given. Ah. Down through the, through the chaos of our human laws, love shines supreme, the great eternal cause. God loved so much his thoughts burst into flame, and from that sacred source creation came. The heart which feels this holy light within finds God and man and beast and bird its kin. All class distinctions fade and disappear. Death is new life, and heaven he sees anear. Brother is he to ox and seraphim, slave to the wheel, mayhap, yet kings to him. And millionaires seem paupers, if from them life has withheld its luminous great gem. Or if his badge be scepter, ho and hod, that man is king who knows that love is God. Pretty good. Hope I read that okay. And pretty cool. I mean, it's it's got its stereotypical G-O-D with the male form of that. And I, I, when I'm writing or expressing, I try to, as alcoholic and 12-step process, I try to open up G-O-D to like a higher power concept that could be male, female, whatever you decide it is. But her time, 1902, this was written, I think, this... Uh, Speaking of sort of a biblical Judeo-Christian G.O.D., it just works, and her it's just her craft and the pace and the rhyme and the scheme and the rhythm of, of how she writes, and it's just sort of there's some perfection to her writing, kind of like Longfellow, just everything falls in place so beautifully. It's really beautifully done. I think, and we'll save others for another day, yet it's tempting to keep going with her. Maybe I'll come back to her later. Won't be going as long this week as last. Last week was too long. 
ways. Hope your week was well. So we're having a theme here. There's an earth theme going on already. I can see between Andrew Young, Scottish, 1933, and Ella Wheeler-Wilcox. Earth and natural sort of theme. She's gone with the love poem to all earth are kin. All the animals are kin. Just sort of a simple concept of it just seems like out of nowhere she talks about um, finds God and man and beast and bird, it's kin. Everything's kin, and that's the Native American concept. We're all kin. We're all from the same seed. We all came from the same piece of corn or, or um, what was the Hopi creation myth that I was talking about with my friend Federico this week in uh, Guanajuato, Mexico, where I am, in San Miguel de Allende, talking about how all... all the myth of life starting from the earth and all of us are all kin. We're all related. Um, and uh, going back to the, the, the poem called the lane by Andrew Young, who's walking the lane where so many have walked through history and have shaped the lane over the years. But that one part talking about the earth it seems to me that in this place, the earth is breathing on my face. Oh, baby. I love just getting down to it. You, when, when you're in the moment and feeling nature, connecting to it, how could you do better than just connect and maybe even write a poem about that connection? bringing me to Longfellow that's who's going to write something about writing poetry and the spirit of poetry. It's actually from his first volume poetry called uh, The Voices of the Night. And the very first poem is The Spirit of Poetry. I hadn't really focused on this poem until tonight. So I'm going to breathe life into it and... Uh, See if the earth can breathe on us as we read and listen. Whoops, reading glasses. All right, The Spirit of Poetry by Longfellow. There is a quiet spirit in these woods that dwells wherever the gentle south wind blows. Where underneath the white thorn in the glade, the wild flowers bloom. Or, kissing the soft air, the leaves above their sunny palms outspread. With what, with what a tender and impassioned voice it fills the nice and delicate ear of thought when the fast ushering star of morning comes or writing the gray hills with golden scarf or when the cowled and dusky sandaled eve in morning weeds from out the western gate departs with silent pace what spirit moves in the green valley where the silver brook from its full labor pours the white cascade and, babbling low amid the tangled woods, slips down through moss-grown uh, stones with endless laughter? And frequent on the everlasting hills, its feet go forth when it doth wrap itself in all the dark embroidery of the storm and shouts the stern strong wind 
and here amid the silent majesty of these deep woods its presence shall uplift thy thoughts from earth as to the sunshine and the pure bright air their tops the green tre the green trees lift hence gifted bards have ever loved the calm and quiet shades for them there was an eloquent voice in all the silver sylvan pomp of woods the golden sun the flowers the leaves the river on its way blue skies and silver clouds the gentle winds the swelling upland where the sidelong sun aslant the wooded slope and at evening goes groves through whose broken roof the sky looks in mountain and shattered shattered cliff and sunny vale the distant late fountains and mighty trees in many a lazy syllable repeating their old poetic legends to the wind and this the sweet spirit that doth fill the world and in these wayward days of youth my busy fancy oft embodies it as a bright image of the light and beauty that dwell in nature of the heavenly forms we worship in our dreams and the soft hues that stain the wild bird's wing and flush the clouds when the sun sets within her tender eye the heaven of april with its changing light and and when it wears the blue of may is hung and on her lip the rich red rose her hair is like the summer tresses of the trees when twilight makes them brown and on her cheek blushes the richness of an autumn sky with ever-shifting beauty then their breath it is so like the gentle air of spring as from the morning's dewy flowers it comes full of their fragrant fragrance that is a joy to have it round us and her silver voice is the rich music of a summer bird heard in in the still night with its passionate passionate cadence it's not very longfellow like because it's not metered and rhymed it seems like a, a early effort by him as he starts to work work his magic i'm going to read another poem that is working up to some longfellow classicness towards the psalm of life which i did last week probably poorly and last week was just kind of a muddle and uh this week i'm trying to be organized and and uh more clear hymn tonight and then there's some arabic underneath that i heard the trailing garments of the night sweep through her marble halls i saw her sable skirts all fringed with light from the celestial walls i felt her presence by its spell of might stoop over me from above the calm majestic presence of the night as of the one i love i heard the sounds of sorrow and delight the manifold soft chimes that fill the haunted chambers of the night like some old poet's rhymes from the cool cisterns of the midnight air my spirit drank repose the fountain of perpetual peace flows there from those deep cisterns flows o holy night from thee i learned to bear what man has borne before thou layest thy finger on the lips of care and thy complain no more peace peace orestes like i breathe this prayer descend with broad-winged flight the welcome the thrice prayed for 
the most fair, the most beloved night, or the best beloved night. Robert Frost. I started to look at mowing, which is a classic and I know real well. Tried to move myself along to something I didn't know as well. Read mowing, of course, anytime. This one's to Earthward from a volume. I got it from a volume, 20th Century American Poetry. I have a Frost book as well, but this one was in a compilation that I really love. To Earthward by Robert Frost. Love at the lips was touch, as sweet as I could bear. And, what, and once that seemed too much, I lived on air. That crossed me from sweet things, the flow of. Was it musk from hidden grapevine, springs, downhill at dusk? I had the swirl and ache from sprays of honeysuckle that when they're gathered shake dew on the knuckle. I craved song, uh, strong sweets, but those seemed strong when I was young. The petal of the rose, it was that stung. Now no joy but lacks salt that is not dashed with pain and weariness and fault. I crave the stain of tears, the, the aftermark of almost too much love, the sweet of bitter bark and burning clove. When stiff and sore and scarred, I take away my hand from leaning on it hard in grass and sand. The hurt is not enough. I, w I long for weight and strength to feel the earth as rough to all my length. Ooh, we got the earth again. You can run from the earth, but you can't hide. Bringing me to my next poem. It's by a guy named Bill Watkins. <laughs> Just gonna do one this week. I went crazy last week. I did like 20 poems by me. Whatever, dude. So let's get that done. I like this one. It was inspired by a conversation with my friend, uh, new friend Federico from the Sano Market, the healthy market here in San Miguel de Allende. Kind of some vegetarian stuff there. And we're starting sort of maybe a poetry group, group soon, I hope. Um, but we had a conversation. He had spent time with a native tribe um, I believe Chumash um, nation he had spent a few weeks with. He had a guru, uh, a medicine man who, who sort of helped him see some things. Her, and he talked about a Hopi legend of the idea of two different types of man or person. One stays humble and close to the earth and is... Um, humble in that manner and the other type has gone for civilization and technology and is built 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 higher and higher and higher um, but eventually that person who keeps building towards technology and forgetting the earth eventually they fall down to the ground something of that nature our talk was a good one it was about slowing down not being in a hurry um, smelling the roses, if you will, and really for safety, for enjoyment, for everything, just not going fast. 
slowing yourself down, not reacting. Like how many keys in life can you, can you put towards, in fact, just making one key, just slow down. Make sure your pace is such that you're enjoying this experience, not freaking out and going from one mess to another. Maybe prayer can be helpful there, meditation, prayer, putting a higher power first. So we're guided, not just sort of unguided and hoping for the best. I wrote a poem based on all that called You Can Run, dot, dot, dot. You can run, basically, alluding to the expression you can run, but you can't hide. Here it goes. It's on my website, travelingpoet.net. We pave the roads, the sidewalks, build ourselves into buildings stories high. We burn the earth at high rates so that we can go fast, be somewhere else at times. We can overdo comfort, end up running away from truth. That we came from dirt, corn, the simple path, stars above, appreciation of our common bond with animals, nature, all things. We pave the roads, the sidewalks, build ourselves into buildings, stories high. We can run, but we cannot hide. Sooner or later, we fall down from the comfort. No matter how tall we build, nothing stands unless the ground supports it. Miles of civilization is fine until our lives are forfeit. Driving so fast and loud, we forget we are just another flower. Who needs the sunlight, the water, like all the others? Time to reflect, time to rest, time to be grateful for another moment. Never hurry, always with higher powers ahead and in front of us. Shh. Be calm, slow down, and turn our cars and will into the garage of mountain air and remembering what it is to be a human being. And now from Sarah Berkeley Tolchin, friend friend of mine through internet interaction, or just uh, just a few emails. I'm lucky enough to um, hopefully have her on my podcast as a guest on December seventh. Excited about that, Sarah. I found in a book of contemporary female poets from Ireland, Irish uh, female poets. Don't have that book with me. I do have her book. Her book volume of poetry called what just happened um and at first when i first read the title or sometimes when i read that title I, one i'll say me and maybe others might think oh you're missing missing a question mark maybe um you know, the funny concept that you know like what just happened uh somebody explained what the heck's going on but then without the question mark you look on at the title and you say, what just happened? Okay, this is what she's doing. It seems to me, and I haven't read through all the poems, I'm going to do the first poem in the book, probably do the second poem next week, etc., because she's got such great ability, and Irish poets often do. I mean, the ones I've seen published are just, there's just a great knack, and there's humility, and there's this uh, obvious rhythm and sing-song quality to both how Irish speak, and there's a real song in their voice, to uh, down on, on, now you look at the page, at the words on the page, uh, 
there's just this ability and skill to capture moments really flowingly. Um, and what she seems to be doing, at least in the first poem, and what the title says, she's, she's reporting. She's just let her, she's getting herself out of the way to try to report with her pen and with her writing, with her, this expression, she's trying to report what's happening in the best words possible. I mean, isn't that poetry? Beautiful truths is my two-word definition of poetry. Beautiful truth. Anything more than the truth would have seemed too weak, said Robert Frost in the poem called Mowing that I skipped tonight so that you can go find, if you don't know it, go read Mowing. Anything more than the truth would have seemed too weak. Robert Frost. And let's see how Sarah tells the story. Word economy gets into it, reports. She reports. She reports what just happened. At least she does in this first poem, I think. It's called Cracking Open. Whoops. Whoops. Where did my <laughs> reading glasses go? Oh, boy. Oh, no, it's going to be another two-hour podcast. No, this is going to be a short one tonight. Short but sweet. All right. Cracking Open by Sarah Berkeley Tolchin. I'll have her on my podcast in a couple weeks. I'm excited. Cracking open. See these lines. Laughter rot... Sorry. See these lines. Laughter rot them carelessly at the corners of my eyes. Brown skin. Sun bore... Brown. Bill, come on. Sun bore down. Damaged suns... Oh my gosh. I don't know what's wrong with me. See these lines, laughter wrought them carelessly at the corners of my eyes. Brown skin, sun bore down, damage, some say. I say skin memory. That wicker couch with the soft red pillows on the porch, noon ablaze with the songs of bees. Late afternoon's generous abundance, seven different types of light. Hummingbirds flickering by the bottle brush, then flying off wings of lure into the future. Should I grow older and the light more distant? Small animals hiding under the skirts of evening. I'd like my heart to be without conditions, to crack, to crack each day a little more open. Didn't read that well, very well. Sorry about that. Um, Sarah, we'll have her on next in two weeks. Talk about this and other work. If I Met You Now, a second poem by Sarah Berkeley Tolchin. If I met you now and you asked me how I was going, I would say this, very far and very fast. Poems crowd me, sometimes five to a page. Money burns a hole. All caution aside, I'm running with the wind aft and the sheets eased out. This is no close-hauled tack, but a full sail into the eyes of the weather the heart without compass, the journey without a map. And if you accept that, I would have to add, I need to sail alone. Sometimes I look from shore to shore, the difference between 28 and 44. My world tips up 
and they come pouring out of me, songs I could never have sung back then. The headway I'm making now with a true win, it's the answer to a certain call among girls. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of sailing, obviously. I'll maybe ask her about that when I meet with her, or when we talk in the podcast. Um, sailing's a thing, and the poetry's just flowing. It's coming, and someone I'm excited to talk to because, well, any true poet, I'm interested in how when they started. When did poetry come to you? I prayed for poetry to come in my life, and it came out of my dreams eventually. Um, you know, it's it's not not necessarily normal, but she's got these poems that sort of race out of her five at a time, and you know she's she's trying to deal with it like she's trying to go from port to port sailing, often alone, trying to express and be safe and survive. Anyways, that's Sarah. Now from John Ferguson. Um, On Vimy Ridge and other poems. A Scottish poet. Circa... Uh, John Ferguson passed away in 1928, so I was working in the early 1900s. Oops, there's my poem I wanted to do. This one's called Song. To the high green hills of Moidart, a place in Scotland on the coast, or it's a coastal place, islands, remote. To the high green hills of Moidart, I went with my love one morn, Oh, my love that loved me truly, that time when May is born. He lighted a fire of brown heather for the good of his young white sheep, and I lighted a fire of brown heather for his heart that I would keep. On the high, high hills of Moidart, we watched the clouds sail by on the blue and deep sea waters to the far-off hills and sky. I watched the hills of Moidart I watched them through the years, and I watched the deep sea waters, and I see them through my tears. Again, the earth, love of the earth and nature, connecting to it, staying connected to it, no matter what. Some see eternal life and and staying close to the earth. You can look at religion and books and Bibles to make you feel good or you can stay close to nature and know that we we're in a cycle of life here and it never ends I like this poem it's a romantic poem it's from a huge book of romantic poems from the well Elizabethan age Um, it's just romantic first couple stanzas could be kind of more about anything but uh, eventually it's a it's a pitch for romance uh, as these sweet songs were this book i got at a book festival called elizabeth elizabeth elizabethan songs in honor of love and beauty (laughs) 
This is by George Gascoigne. A Strange Passion of a Lover, quoted recently in my book that I'm writing called The Land Thief, about white people stealing land. And I quoted this this week, but I decided maybe I can present the poem here. Whoop, put my glasses on. Uh, it's called A Strange Passion of a Lover. Amid my bale, I bathe in bliss. I swim in heaven, I sink in hell. I find amends for every miss, and yet my moan no tongue can tell. I live and love. What would you more, as never love, as, as never lover lived before? I laugh sometimes with little lust, so jest I oft and feel no joy. Mine eye is builded all on trust, and yet mistrust breeds mine annoy. I live and lack, I lack and have, I have and miss the thing I crave. These things seem strange, yet are they true? Believe me, sweet, my state is such, one pleasure which I would eschew, both slakes my grief and breeds my grutch. So doth one pain which I would shun renew my joys where grief begun. Then, like the lark that passed the night in heavy sleep with cares oppressed, yet when she spies the pleasant light, she sends sweet notes from out her breast. So sing I now, because I think how joys approach when sorrows shrink. And as fair Philomene again can watch and sing when others sleep, and taketh pleasure in her pain to ray the woe that makes her weep, so sing I now for to bewray the loathsome life I, I lead alway. Hmm. The which to thee, dear wench, I write, Thou knowest my mirth, but not my moan. I pray God grant thee deep delight to live in joys when I am gone. I cannot live, it will not be. I die to think, to part from thee. Oh, very nice, very nice. Could end there. I'm going to think about that a minute. That will pretty much do it here. Next week, I'll be doing some Spanish poems. I decided to separate them this time. Master that. Try to work on that English language. Still trying to work on that. Master that one. Uh, why not the poems in English this week? Next week, do some Spanish with my friend Oscar Rodriguez, uh, actor, teacher uh, in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, Mexico. Uh, he said he would drop by. So maybe we can do some Spanish poems, translate to English, make it universal, look for a universal voice. This week was Earth, and um, you can always reflect on that more and more. How are we a part of it? How are we helping it? How are we one with it? What can we do in life? What things can we do or not do that put us on a path keep us on a path of being a part of it and really celebrate the earth, celebrate ourselves and life. And is there a way, something we can do? I choose poetry and writing, creative writing, but what can we do to cement our place in the eternity, in, the etern in, this, in this revolving door, in this cycle? It's our comfort that 
we don't have to die. Our spirit is forever. And uh, Longfellow, his first published poem, um, essentially in a, in a volume, um, was about the spirit of poetry, the spirit. We try to, we see all this stuff in nature, we hear it, we use our five senses. It's why I, I don't drive. I wrote a poem, it's on my website, Poets Don't Own Cars. Well, it holds true for me. I don't have anything to write if I'm in a metal box all day. I can, I can borrow a car. I, can, I think in moderation, we can do just about anything. But um, the five senses, are we connected to the earth? Are we connected? Are we using our five senses today and every day? Are we really using them and learning? Are we learning still? Uh, that's for the living. You know, anyone who wants to be alive, you're, we're learning. When we're done learning, we're done. Adios. You know, we're, we're done. We've left our mark or, or not, and we're gone. Um, till then, we're learning, learning, learning. I am grateful to have spent this moment sharing my passion for poetry with y'all. Not two hours this week. Thank goodness. Last week was insane. And I was just, just in a hurry, rambling through. So this week I studied a little more, and I hope you enjoy the poetry I shared with you. Uh, more next week, more on my website all the time. And I look forward to hearing from some people and having some guests come in. Next week I have my friend Oscar. I've asked my one of my, don't say old English teachers, but a, an English teacher from my past. I've asked her to come on um, just now, just today. I emailed her. Um, I have Sarah coming in December 7th uh, to talk about poetry. I'm very excited about that. And uh, now I'm back to work on my book. God bless you all. Have a good night. You've been listening to Bill's Poetique. You have a nice night, morning, afternoon, and we'll see you next time. Saturdays is usually when I post. Have a great one. Bye-bye.